You're listening to episode 118 of HubShots, Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, new features, and strategies for growing your marketing results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot's CEO, Brian Halligan, does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. In this episode, we look at LinkedIn's sponsored video push. We talk about dark social. We review HubSpot features and for deal stages and consider how CB Insights tweaks their newsletter headlines to increase open rates. Welcome to HubShots. My name's Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Well-fed, well-watered, and... Gojima. And we're ready for a great show. All right, on to inbound thought of the week, Craig. Now, companies can add video natively to their company pages in LinkedIn. Tell me more. Right. So remember a couple of months ago, we were talking about the push for video in LinkedIn, but then it was only on personal profiles. Well, LinkedIn's now announced, finally, I love saying finally in air quotes, that you can add video to company pages. And I think this is still rolling out. I know it's uh, coming because I couldn't actually do it on one of the pages today, Uh, but that's rolling out. But the bigger part of this is sponsored videos, being able to use video as, say, a brand awareness piece using that as a sponsored post uh, as part of your advertising within LinkedIn. So keen to try that. I think this is a sign that LinkedIn's finally catching up to other platforms. You know, Facebook, I guess, is right there. Uh, Yeah, but good that they're catching up. I think just it becoming a more viable channel. I think, as we've said on the show before, we really struggle to get ROI out of LinkedIn. I just keep assuming that I just haven't cracked it yet. Yes. Or maybe it's the the types of uh, companies we, we work with. But I think anything that's new, we always try to jump on quickly to test. So yes. video, sponsored video is something we'll definitely be testing. All right. I'll do a hustle marketing feature of the week, Craig. And this is the funnel of contact lifecycle stages. I'll just quickly explain this. You know, you've got your marketing dashboard and you have those funnel diagrams. Correct. So i come in from uh, subscriber to lead to yes. marketing qualified lead, sales qualified lead. We could go through a whole life cycle. Yep. But for some businesses, they're not actually interested in seeing them all, but they just want to see a snapshot. So Correct. for us, we probably wouldn't want to see subscribers. We want yep. to see leads. And uh, for most reports, you want to see leads. You probably want to see an opportunity and then a customer. You don't want to see evangelist and other things. So you just yes. want maybe a, a smaller funnel to display on your dashboard. So this is just a nice little update to provide that. And as we always say, the great thing about the dashboard marketing dashboard uh, in HubSpot is that you can automate those to be sent out via email. So this follows through into the emails that are sent as well. So my question to you, is this available on every dashboard or is this something that's available with the reporting add-on? I'm going to assume that that's in marketing professional or the reporting add-on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm only asking that question because when I look at the visualization, it looks like it's a feature of the reporting add-on as opposed to being the standard. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. I, I actually, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it's mm. in um, some. Yeah, it, it is hard to, to know sometimes. Yeah, and I'll tell you why, and I've, I struggle with this, is that having the reporting add-on, you sometimes can't tell what's in a standard version and what's in the add-on. You know, some products, you can tell, oh, I've actually paid for this feature yeah. or this belongs because I've actually paid extra for it. Whereas with reporting, I tend to find... Oh, like, obviously, if you don't have it, you can, it says, you know, this is locked or... It has a little padlock. The yeah. padlock, it, it, yes. is hard to, it is hard to know from screenshots when you see it on exactly. product notes. And it's not until, yeah, well, I only set this up in our portal. So, obviously, we have the reporting add-on. But That's right. should have gone into some of our other portals to check, yeah. Yeah, so just have a look. And it's a good way to actually get the information you want. So, I think one of the things you want to highlight is 
have useful information on dashboards. I say this because I've been in a few customer portals this week and I've been looking at different ways we're reporting stuff or I've had customers ask me questions about stuff and I look at things on their dashboard and lots of things are empty or they're not being utilized because they might not be using the blog that's on HubSpot. They might actually not be using landing pages and so on. So it just makes it really important that if you can have the right information at a glance that people can see, will make life a lot easier. Yeah, I agree. And I'll just say again, in professional at least, you can send out your dashboards as emails. So we often send them up for a Friday send yes. to the sales team. Here's the dashboard. That doesn't need the reporting add-on, by the way. You Correct. can do that in professional. Uh, so it's a really useful feature of yep. the dashboard. So yeah, get it set up, make it useful. All right, we've included a full list of March releases. So they've just created a product video. So have a look at that. There's some interesting updates in there. And we've spoken about that over the, the last month. Regardless, but there's still some good things. So watch the video if you want. They say quicker than a cup of coffee. So, all right, I'm going to talk about the HubSpot gotcha of the week, which is shot number three. And this is the PandaDoc integration with HubSpot. We were actually helping a customer set this up so they could actually easily, once they create the deal, they add the products. So they've got sales pros. So we've actually set up all of their items as products. And then I proceeded to go, well, okay, can you set up PandaDoc so it gets the right data? Only to find out it takes the basic deal details and the contact record, but doesn't take any product data across. Right, okay. I think in PandaDoc, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you can set up your own libraries for products. Yes, you can. So you can yeah. do that. Doesn't sync. What we were trying to do was sync the two yeah. so we could just manage everything in HubSpot and everything would get transported with quantities, etc. Right. Especially after the last product update that was done where you can actually tie frequency the product you know, a lifespan, a discount and so on. I'll bet you that comes because I know they are integrating uh, more closely with PandaDoc. I bet they are. So my customer was a bit annoyed and spoke to about seven people at PandaDoc and apparently there was no feature request in engineering for that. Oh. And so they've actually created one now because of that. Wow. So it was an interesting journey to get to where we were because I went down the path of actually going, well, well, let's use all this functionality that we have in HubSpot to push it into PandaDoc. That says to me that not many people are using the products feature in Correct. HubSpot. Yes. I'd love to know. I, I wish, Damesh, if you're listening, I'd love this transparency, how they make feature decisions. You know, they sunset the yes. keyword tool. I said not many people use it. And then these things are oh, not many. There's not much utilization. I wish they'd make that transparent. I'd love to know what people use yeah. in the product and what yeah. they don't. I guess that's pretty competitive information. So I understand why they don't share it out. But I'd love to know that because that would help us with the show. Correct. What to highlight and what to mention. But I think what's interesting here is when I think back is that products is getting developed. I guess when the integration took place, there was pretty basic information. Like even deals is fairly new technically. That's true. Right? So I guess progressively over time, it was really contact information that was going into PandaDoc. Now deals are going in in a really basic shape. I guess the next stage should be product. But I don't think anyone actually thought about what happens with products going into other systems that may be generating. And well, you know, it might not be surfaced as an endpoint on their API or something at the moment. So maybe it's not even available to integration partners. I don't know. I'm just making that up. But the other thing to say is um, you can bet that HubSpot's working on their own kind of PandaDoc tool internally anyway. So, you know, I bet they're integrating it with their own side. Which is interesting considering that HubSpot made an investment in PandaDoc for $15 million. Yeah, Not so long ago. That's true. But anyway, there's the gotcha of the week. When you're integrating things, just check what data is flowing around to save yourself a lot of headache at the other end. And don't tell everybody that things just magically happen. 
All right, Craig, on to our marketing tip of the week. And we're going to talk about dark social. Now, this is a rather interesting topic because there are people talk about doing dark posts on social, which we just had a discussion with Justin about. Yeah, that was a good discussion, Justin. Oh, look, the word dark in terms of dark social sounds ominous. You know, yes. like people talk about the dark web. Yes. It's nothing at all related to that. Correct. And the reason we're just going to highlight it tonight, because it comes up in conversations and it was raised at the HubSpot user group. Yes. Basically, when we think about dark social, we're talking about traffic from sources where you can't really identify what the referrer is. And so, right. so what does it look like in a HubSpot portal or Google Analytics? What does yeah. that look like? So that's normally uh, lumped into the direct traffic channel. So, you know, you've got organic, you've got paid, display, and then referral. Yes. And then there's direct as this channel. And people are like, oh, what's direct? And we kind of say, well, it's things like if they've bookmarked it or they type mm. it directly in the address <clears> bar. Well, there's a whole other bunch of stuff that ends up in direct. Direct is kind of the bucket for anything they don't know where it goes. Yeah. So some of the big creators or referrers in a way of this dark social or this direct traffic, which is dark social, are some of the social tools. So this is kind of where the term originated. So yeah. messaging apps like Facebook Messenger. If you say you, um, you get a link and you just paste it into Facebook Messenger, I send yeah. it to you, you open it up in your browser. There's no tracking information. They don't know where they came from. Yeah, right. Um, it could even be an email that uh, I send. There's no tracking link that turns up indirect. That's kind of dark social in a way some of the other chat tools of course uh, whatsapp is another good one the other thing that i was going to mention is also you know how you're say you're in facebook and there's a link and you open it and opens it in the browser within the facebook app yeah like in that browser there's no referrer information there often that's withheld it opens your website in the browser within that the analytics can't tell whether it is so that gets yeah. thumped into direct traffic as well so all those things are kind of collectively dark social there's a few other edge cases as well where you have things like http switching over to http https switching to http and stuff like that but most of it comes from messaging tools all right so how does one accurately report on such things if we know for example we're doing a messenger campaign right so there's a few things you can do yeah so if you're in control of pushing that link through messenger which is what you're referring to i realize now yeah you you tag it so you put the tracking utm parameters on it yes you use hubspot's nice little url URL builder builder. it applies the tags things like that so if you're controlling that link going out those are things that you can do because once they're tracked and tagged then that does appear correctly in analytics yeah so there are things we can do, you know, if you make a Bitly address of it and share the Bitly link, that'll have some of that uh, tracking stuff in it as well. So then it gets allocated to the right yeah. channels. So in saying that, you know, Google's URL shortener? Yes. Is being decommissioned. Yes. <laughs> Which was strange, wasn't it? It's I do find that strange, yes. But they did say that they will, like any of the old Google links. It still got, work. They'll still work. Exactly. So they're not retiring those, they're just retiring the. So just be aware of that when you're doing stuff. Yeah, look, I'll make one final comment about dark social because we might say, well, why is it important? Yes. Well, it's actually important because that kind of traffic has often been recommended by others. If I'm in Messenger and I send a link to you or I WhatsApp, I send you a link. It's actually got kind of more weight because it's it's peer-reviewed. I've sent it to you much more than if you just happened to chance upon it or, you know, you got interrupted by a a post in your news feed that yeah. distracted you in an inboundy way and then you clicked on it, you know, that might be lower quality, but something shared between friends often has higher trust assigned to it. So exactly. it is actually important traffic. All right, excellent. And I guess we can continue that conversation on other episodes as we go along. Now onto our HubSpot sales feature of the week. 
This is about the automated tasks on deal stages. Now, this gives you the ability to create tasks on deals automatically when deals change stages. Why I'm going to highlight this is you can use this to standardize your sales process and make sure you don't actually miss anything. So we put some screenshots there of one of our portals and we've actually created deal stages specific to this customer. And what we've actually done is quite funny because in my discussion with them this week, when things move along, we'd like to make sure that the right tasks are done and, you know, things get kicked off and we want to use a workflow, which is cool, which you can do. And then I discovered this feature. I thought, oh, I can run some automation within the deal stage and create tasks. So you can create things like a call, a task, you know, send an email. You can use deal properties within that to actually do that. We tested it by creating some stuff and I'll put some screenshots in there. But it's a great way to stand up the process. And as you, obviously, as your sales team grows, it actually keeps people accountable for doing the right thing and not saying, oh, I forgot to follow that person up or I should have put logged this in another system because a lot of businesses that we deal with, they might actually do the whole sales and marketing piece up to the part where someone pays a deposit for a house, for example. And then it goes into their production system where they then take that to do the building of houses. So that's the reason why. That's really nice. Can I just ask, because I haven't checked this out myself yet, but can I ask you, so when you get a task assigned to, is there any way you can get notified via email? Yes, you can. Okay, cool. Because one of the things I've really wanted for ages, and there's actually a HubSpot community request about this, is workflows that can email notifications about deals being, let's say, approved. Yes. This sounds like a roundabout way I could achieve that because I could just set a task when it, person, moves. when it moves, say, to approved, and Correct. then that could send them an email reminder so we can possibly get an internal notification out. Yes. Bit of a workaround, but yeah, okay. Yeah, nice. absolutely. I guess we'll test this over the coming weeks, but it looks like it's going to solve a few problems yeah, for sales teams nice one, and nice keeping one. processes in place. All right, Craig, on to our opinion of the week, and this is from Daring Fireball. Yes, so this is just in wake of the whole Facebook fiasco going on at the moment. And Daring Fireball, it's, it's by John Gruber. He's a bit of an Apple fanboy. I love, yes, his, he is. I love his blog called Daring Fireball. That's his uh, blog uh, for people not familiar with it. Where he's just talking about this whole users versus customers and how Mark Zuckerberg was saying, oh, no, we really value our users. They're really important to us. And he was responding. And we don't charge them anything. Yeah, he was responding to this thing. Well, if they're not charged anything, they're the product. And he's going, no, no, we really um, look after our customers. They're really important. And and the comment here is, oh, yeah, they look after their customers. That's because the advertisers are the customers and they charged a fortune. That's right. So, yeah, the users are not. So it's a good comment from John here basically saying that they always favor their customers over users. And uh, that's, of course, why they're in the in the pickle that they are at the moment. Money pays the bills, Craig. Sure does. <laughs> All right, on to our slightly changed item. I'm going to call it the checklist of the week, Craig. Oh, nice one. Now, I'm going to highlight this because I read this is uh, one of Seth Godin's blog posts, and he says, whose meeting is this? And it's a simple checklist, right? He didn't quite format it this way. I, I kind of reformatted it, but it says... Can your next meeting, not conversation, not presentation, but meeting past this test, right? There are seven things here. It says, so number one, there's one person responsible. Number two, the time allocated matches what's needed, not what the calendar app says. Number three, everyone's invited. Invited is someone who needs to be there and no key party is missing. Number four, there's a default step forward if someone doesn't come. Number five, There's no better way to move this forward than to have this meeting. Number six, the desired outcome is clearly stated. The organizer has described 
what would have had to happen for the meeting to be cancelled or to stop midway. This is what I have to happen. And if there's a yes, we're done. So that was an example, right? And the very last one, all relevant information, including analysis, is available to all in plenty of time to be reviewed in advance. If you score seven, so if you get all seven of these done, then count me in. Oh, look, if all seven's there, count me in. For any meeting, that's all seven, because not ever in the history of all mankind has there been a one that would count. I know, that's exactly right. Yeah, nice. But what I wanted to highlight, I just thought, as time gets squeezed with what we do with with the number of people we speak to, I think it's a good little guide to actually be really clear about what we want to achieve when we meet with people. I think Basecamp, you know, the guys from Basecamp, I think they did a thing on should we have a meeting? And it was a a bit of a flow chart. And it said, should we have a meeting? And there was just one answer, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, I'm oversimplifying. But it was kind of like that meeting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to highlight that because I thought it it was a good read and I had to have a think about it, have to have to... Had to let it sink in a bit, and then I think you'll get it. Well, I don't, I don't know if all seven are relevant. We should have a meeting to discuss We should have that. a meeting to discuss that. All right, we've got some good resources of the week, Craig, and this is to do with newsletter headlines. Okay, so CB Insights is a newsletter that's daily, uh, business days. So every day yep. they send a newsletter. Every day I read it. I think it's probably the only newsletter that I'll happily read every day. Right. And so mentioning that to listeners because... We often say to customers when they're worried, oh, am I sending too much email? Was it too often? What's the frequency, the best frequency for email? And it's like, I think you're asking the wrong question. Better question is, how do we be relevant? Yes. Because it's not frequency, it's relevancy. If you've got a relevant newsletter, as this one is, to me, I'll read it every day. Something else, if it's not relevant, I get it once a month, I unsubscribe. Yeah. You know, and I happily do that. I get, Mm. it's very, they're irregular. I'm just like, oh, I didn't want this. Unsubscribe. So I'm pretty, I am pretty protective of my inbox. And again, it's about relevancy. And so what they've done in this is they've analysed because they've got, a, I think, a newsletter base around 200,000 readers. And their newsletter is their main selling channel. It's the thing that converts them into a customer and a customer for them is like 50 grand a year. And so they looked at their open rate is the most important metric for their business in terms of affecting revenue, right? So it's very important, their newsletters. Yep. And so some of the things they looked at, here's their, what works for them. Okay. So here's ideas. This won't work for everyone or, yes. or many people. Yep. might not work for you, but here's something to think about. Here's what works for them. Mentioning brand names in the subject line. Short titles. Less is more. And it's interesting. I've noticed that. Really short titles. Yeah. Negativity. Unfortunately, they'll say if it's negative, it'll get higher open rate. And surprises. Contrarian views. And it kind of makes sense when you read those. You kind of go, well, yeah, of course. So, dear listener, think about how what the subject line of your newsletter is and possibly learn from that. That's Be right. creative. Exactly. And in doing this, like especially in HubSpot, if you've got professional and upwards, you can actually run a split test on emails. You can. Actually, oh, I didn't, in that article, if you go in, it goes how they split test. Yes. They actually try three headlines yep. with 6.6%. So, you know, three of those is 20%. So yep. the first 20% of the database, they try three different ones. And okay. the one that wins, then they send to the remaining 80%. Yes. Yeah, so they do that for every, every, every yes. single um, <clears throat> newsletter. So daily. And so in HubSpot, to make that happen, you need to have at least 100 subscribers that that's going to, to make that work. Otherwise, you can't split test your headlines. All right, on to our quote of the week, Craig. This is from Simon Sinek. It says, you can easily judge the character of a man by how he treats those who can do nothing for him. You know what? That's a great quote. But are you sure that's Simon Sinek? 
and not that he's quoting that. He might have quoted book. it because it came out of his book. I'm pretty sure so. I've read that somewhere else. Well, but it's a, great, it's a great quote nonetheless. So there we go. And this is from a book where leaders eat last, why some teams pull together and others don't. So, yes, it could well have been there. All right, we've got some bonus things of the week. If you're not driving your car, running around on the beach, doing exercise, so on, then um, you can go to the show notes, have a look at the links, and enjoy some reading. That's we right. We would love you to join our Facebook group. Craig and myself are in there on a daily basis, answering questions and talking about things coming up. And feel free to ask questions if you don't know what's going on, or you just want to make a comment about something. We'd love to hear back from you. If you like bits of our show, Please tell us, because I know we sometimes talk to people and when we bump into them accidentally, they say, oh, I really like how you do that. Can I share one thing, right? Are you giving me some feedback, Craig? No, but we got some feedback about oh, previous yes, we group. Did. And I got one comment from a person saying that something made you really nice. Yes. And I was like, that made my day. It did. And so the reason I want to mention this is because I think people sometimes think, oh, you know, they've got this podcast, they don't care. Or we often think about, oh, you know, they've. they've got lots of people commenting they're fine it only takes one and it made my day that's right right, it did i know know it did because you sent me the email and you told me it made your day we we have people too and and all your friends and other people are friends too so just make one nice positive comment to one person a day and it'll have a positive impact on the world well craig until next time catch you later thank you for listening to this episode of hubshots For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.